everyone. Welcome to another episode of oh, Pops Wrestling. Almost got the names mixed up because I was thinking about mine. My fault. <laughs> huge Pop Wrestling. We got Huge Pop and we got boy Nikki D. And we would like to welcome the man of the hour, Mr. Marco Corleone, Mr. Mark Gendret. In La Casa, in the house. Yeah, up, buddy? Buddy. How's it going? Welcome. Oh man, it's going doing, good. Man? It's going good. Thank you for being here. Really, no, thank you. But please, uh, excuse me. I might be a little rusty. I don't, I don't, I don't do many uh, like podcasts anymore that have been out of the game. You know, so might be a little rusty. But well, hey, I just mixed up titles, so it's okay. Well, cool. <laughs> I, I can tell you right now, I fanboyed when uh, Rico said that he knew you and he he was talking to you about coming on the show. So I was like, so I'm gonna be real. I I marked out. I guess I could say. <laughs> oh, I it, man. No, uh, Rico. Uh, when I found out about his passion for wrestling, like I need to be around people that like wrestling was never my first passion. I loved it as a kid. You know, the I watched it during the era of like Hulk Hogan and, you know, the character stages in the 80s, the Coco Bewares, the Jake the Snakes and stuff, you know. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, at, in, at, until I joined wrestling and started wrestling, I really didn't watch it anymore. You know, it just I didn't have that. I, I always wanted to be a, a basketball player or other sport, you know, like. Wrestling, I think I was a wrestler because I mean, I liked it, but uh, I was a good athlete and I didn't want to work a nine to five just yet, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Talking about basketball, man, I have that highlight that I showed on the, um, the video I made. I, dude, you, you got hops. Yeah, that was at the, um, that was the 2004 Super Bowl in Houston. Okay. Yeah. It, was a celebrity, it was a celebrity game. R. Kelly was on my team. It was me and, um, uh, Lance Cade, Garrison Cade. I don't know. I don't remember what he went by last. My rest in peace. It was my ex partner that died. Um, I invited him. I got in this uh, celebrity game and with uh, and R. Kelly was on our team. <laughs> <laughs> you threw it down, man. And I was like, holy cow, that, that's pretty sick. Yeah, I watched you when you're doing a little 360, just come down. Bah! Yeah. Like, oh, man. <laughs> We don't need to talk about wrestling. We can talk about basketball, I guess. Yeah. Oh, I'll talk about basketball talk about all day basketball. long. Yeah, I love basketball. In fact, I'm dying. It's not going right now. You know, it's over with. And it's kind of like the dead spot in sports. I mean, I like baseball. I love baseball. But my Yankees are kind of shit in the bed and, uh, you know, can't wait for football to come. But I don't want to wait for football to come yeah. too quick because that means the summer's over. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So. Yep. Yeah, yeah, well, see, yeah, that's yeah. what you need to come to my neck of the woods. We play basketball over here. Oh, I've, I've man – I, I that's my first passion. You know, I played in college. I played college basketball. It was Division three, but uh, I'm so banged up now. Like I, I'm out of camera, but I, I've been wearing like this back brace every like once every like three months. I throw my back out, or some nerve is touching, or something's mm-hmm. not aligned right, and it's just for two to three days. It's it's bad, and and if I don't put this back brace on, I'll literally feels like someone stabbed me in the side. You know, so. I'm, unfortunately, right now my my body I'm, I'm paying the I'm ca- I'm paying they're cashing my body's cashing those checks that I wrote when I was yep. in my twenties and thirties, you know. Yep. You uh, now well, the bumps and everything caught up to you. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, and and to be honest with you, like I I was one of the wrestlers that stayed in like tip top shape throughout. You know, even now, I still I still stay in pretty good shape. Like I run miles, like three to five miles a week and stuff. And, you know, I, I stay under it. Like I stay right at like under just under eight minute miles and, you know, I'm 46 years old. So, um, very good. I'm still in good, good condition and stuff, but you know, I can't imagine with some, uh, some of the guys I wrestle with that are a little older than me or same age that didn't take care of themselves. I, I just, mm-hmm. 
I can't imagine, you know, because honestly, that's the key. That's the key for us. Like Chris Jericho kind of doesn't look that good now, you know, physically, but like the guy, that dude's got longevity because yeah, he's still smart. be in it. Yep. <laughs> you know, and he's always, you know, he's always taking care of his body and stuff. And yep. you know, mm-hmm. so it's cool yep. to see. Gotcha. Well, let's go ahead and start off with the wrestling talk now. So I wanted to hear it from your mouth, man, because I always hear their stories and stuff. What was it really like training under Paul Orndorff? Like, how, how did that go for you? Nope, we lose it. Yep, I think it's froze. Way to go, Reek. Reek, one question killed it. One question. You know, we, <laughs> we started talking about wrestling, and he's like, ah, it's you guys. <laughs> Reek, Reek, you asked the wrong question, man. Yeah. <laughs> you just killed the whole interview right there. Right. It was like, I'll take I started it off bad, and I just killed it. Paul Orndorff, and he's like, nope. hey, there we go. <laughs> there we go. He's out. Nope. He's like, you asked no, the wrong question. Why, Way why to go. Talk, why talk about Paul Orndorff? Why do we got to talk about him? <laughs> man oh, I, we'll have to apologize um, Nicky D when he gets back on here man you know. yeah yeah. so everybody here huge pop wrestling podcast um, our guest will be back I have a feeling he um, tactical difficulties but we will mm-hmm. get this show on the road um, we've already introduced him it's Mark Jendrick uh, talked about his him playing basketball and um, we're going to get right into the wrestling once he shows back up but I know below me, I have Nikki D and Reek Reek. Uh, so Monday Night Raw, while we're waiting, um, Monday Night Raw, that was some high spots, and I didn't watch it, so I heard about some stuff. So You know, I didn't watch all of it. I just – it was because I had a lot of studying and stuff I was doing, but I was trying to pay attention to it. Now, uh, what I did notice was uh, Liv and Raquel, you know, losing them tag team titles. Yeah. and To Chelsea and Sonya. Oh yeah, yeah, I heard about that. Uh, well, I, it, and it makes sense in a way because that's now going to free up uh, Raquel to go against um, yep. Rhea, Rhea Ripley, and that's like we said a couple of weeks ago. Ultimately, we did, but but didn't we say that it would take more time though? Yeah, I think it's quick. It happened quick, so I agree. yeah, it's very quick. I I don't know. Yeah, it, it did go very quick. But yeah, man, I almost don't know if she's ready yet. But Nikki D, did you get to watch it yet? Only some I'll, highlights. I'll let, I'll let you both watch the ending because that was good. That main event was good. Right. What, the ending of the whole show? Yes. Okay. I mean, and I get it. Did they do it because, I mean, is, is, is Rhea Ripley going to be the same thing as Roman Reigns? You're gonna throw these people up against it, no matter. There's no, you're not gonna have any build up, and then he's gonna go. She's gonna mow through it. So I don't know, but here he is again. So this time, talk wrestling, okay, recruit? Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm back. I'm back. All right, there you go. Oh, I was man. like, man, I asked one question. He's like, nope. he asked the wrong <laughs> question. We, we, well, we would like to apologize on his behalf. <laughs> yeah. Rico went like, who's about to ask the question? Okay, get the rest. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> All right, Rico. I, let's, can we do I didn't know. Again? I didn't know what he was doing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm playing. Um, All right, come so, on, Rick, Rick. Ask the right was, question this time. 
I was yeah. asking about Paul Orndorff. What is the real story? How it was training underneath him? Um, to be honest, like the guy was a legend, you know, uh, in his own right. But like sometimes the better wrestler, the better legend, the bigger legend are they don't. It's hard for them to train. It, like it, that makes any sense. Like. Like in football, I hate to always refer back to sports, but like guys like uh, uh, Mike Singletary comes out of retires and becomes a coach. He kind of sucks. Like Michael Jordan, he kind of sucks as an, an owner. You know, like some of the great ones have a hard time. Like you know, so I just think that that might be the the case. At, at, you know, that might be the case I, because like he could tell us stuff, but like it was just different times. You know, like. He was in programs like Hulk Hogan and stuff, and like it's just you we wrestle anybody could wrestle against Hulk Hogan, you know, at, at that time. He was so he was super hot, you know, like and uh that's re that's actually you guys know the reason that's why Orndorf's arm is kinda it was always skinnier than the other one. Mm. Oh, yeah. He had he had a neck he had a neck injury, okay? Yeah. And he, he should have gotten a fix, but he was in this program with Hogan. And when you're in a program with Hogan, you don't wanna I mean those guys wrestle 300 days a year. You don't mm -hmm. want to get those are big paydays. You know, you're getting you're getting the fucking big payday. You're against Hogan in the main event every single night. And that's, mm -hmm. you know, I can tell you for as being a wrestler, like where you're positioned in the card is a lot of times what they base the your guarantee, your you know, nightly payoff of off the crowd. It's off the crowd, but depending on where your match is during the show, you know. So I'm sure he was making some good coin and just didn't want to get off the but as a trainer, you know, like he could tell us about stories and stuff that would help us. But like, mm -hmm. I didn't think he was the best trainer in my opinion. And, and, and God rest his soul, like awesome wrestler, the most respect for him. But like, I always, me personally, like I, I learned better wrestling. So it's a tough thing to do, you know? And like for, for a trainer is just like, it comes, you know, like, it just came so easy for him and he's a legend. Like he just expects us to know it like right away. So I think mm -hmm. some of these legends have less patience, I guess, less patience. Yeah. And uh, so there was, there was other guys, like there was other guys that would come in like uh, Mike Graham. Uh, who else? Um, uh, sometimes Dean Malenko would come in like guys that, that were more patient, you know, they knew they they see wrestling more as an art form and they they know how to articulate their training and stuff and Orndorff was just a Orndorff was just an ass kicker you know like he's just <laughs> period you know and and sometimes those guys it's like how does a savage tell another person normal man to be a savage unless they're a savage now you know some guys responded well to that you know like I think Sean O'Hare my ex partner um, God rest his soul as well um, you know he was he he trained well with Paul, you know, but me, I, I needed more of like a, I like slow learning, especially in wrestling. You know, you, there's not really any, you know, there's no, we're not doing it on crash pads and stuff. You know, you're, you're taking bumps and you fall one wrong way on the, the mat and you can be out for a week with a weird, you know, throwing your arm out or separate your shoulder or something. So, mm -hmm. you know, yep. but a great guy, but just, I think he could have, I, I think uh, I've had better trainers in my career. You trained at the power plant, correct? I did. I did. And, you know, and also I, I trained at the power plant. That's part one. But, like, when I signed with WWE right away, when they took over WC, WCW, uh, 
within months they put me in OBW, and you guys know the famous OBW camp at that time. Like it had Orton, Cena, Batista, Lesnar, Shelton Benjamin, Charlie Haas, myself, yep. O'Hare, um, Queen Victoria, Jackie Gaeta. I mean, John Heidenreich, the Basham brothers, uh, Nick Densmore. Um, like just the list goes on. It was basically it was the next it was the next five to ten to fifteen years of of uh you know of stars at OBW, you know. So so I, and and here's the thing, WCW, the power plant, I, I, I felt like at the power plant I was like I was in really, really good shape. We did squats and all the calisthenics all day and it was I mean, yeah, we we're in ring shape and stuff, but I think we were still green coming over at WWE. That's why they threw us in the developmental camps. And I feel like that system where I was in OVW helped me more, you know, because Jim Cornette was there, you know, me personally, he, he hates me and I kind of don't like him either, but, <laughs> but I can't, I can't, I can't take away that, uh, the guy has a, has a plethora of knowledge of the sport mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, so learning when I was there and doing his TV, you know, doing like old school TV and stuff, yep. it was, it was cool to kind of be a part of that stuff, you know? So, uh, and that's kind of, I think where I really learned how to work and, and do those WWE type matches. Yep. Gotcha. All right. Nikki D you got a question you want to ask man? Yeah. Um, the first one I was thinking of was a lot of people, you said it wasn't your first passion, you know, you played collegiate basketball and everything. So how young were you, um, I guess, how old were you when you actually broke in, um, when you had your first match, when you hit the, when you took your first bump and all of that, like how, what was your age? Okay. I, I think I was probably, let me see, probably right around, uh, I think I was rated about 20, 20 years old. Um, I don't know if I'm doing the math right, but the way it worked out is I was a, a sophomore in college and, uh, I was about to become a junior, and a couple of the guys I played basketball with, they decided they're going to go down to Florida, Orlando, to start their careers. They were in food service, and uh, so I, they said, "Hey, Mark, why don't you come down for the summer? Help us drive the U-Haul, you know, chill with us for the summer, go back up to school, start, you know, in September, and you know, have a good time." I said, "Yeah, I like the idea." So I went down there, and actually, one uh, when I got there. I needed to make some income, so I uh, and I didn't have a car because I drove the U-Haul. So we lived on International Boulevard, the main drag, and it was right near SeaWorld. So I got a job. I never waited tables before, but I got a job waiting tables at the Denny's across the street. It was SeaWorld Denny's. Oh. Uh, so I got a job there, and the deal was I got a, the graveyard shift, and it, nobody wanted the graveyard shift. So if I did the graveyard shift, then they'd give me the weekends off, which I could hang with my boys who – you know, they're working 60 hour, 70 hour work weeks. So yeah. they only have the weekend to hang. So I don't, I don't want to be working when they can hang. So, so that was a deal. I worked a graveyard shift. So one night these two guys come in and at first it was a little, I don't know. One thing I was only wearing like Daisy Duke type shorts. Um, <laughs> uh, and the other guy was wearing, uh, had like these, you know, it just looked like it was a gimmick. Now that I know wrestling, it looked like a wrestling gimmick and I didn't mm -hmm. know it at the time. And I waited on them, and one was really chatty, and that was my boy, and I'm still friends with him now. He lives in Nashville, actually. His name was uh, uh, Barry Houston. That's who went, he went by. And the other guy that was there was Alex Wright. That's Wonder Kid. 
Okay. Uh-huh. So the, Alex Wright didn't say anything. He was standoff. He really didn't say anything to me. You know, he just he was just eating his food and chilling. Well, Barry was a little more talkative and stuff. And he said, "Man, you got a you're pretty tall dude. You know what do you do?" And I told him my spiel. You know, I I, I play basketball in college. I, you know, and I'm about to go back to school. And he's like, "Oh man, you should give wrestling a try. Do you watch wrestling?" And I told him just what I told you guys a few minutes ago. Like I watched yeah. it in the during the '80s during the when the first action figures came out to the mm-hmm. the wrestling the rock and wrestling cartoon to yeah. you know uh, all that stuff. You know, I was saying my yeah. prayers, eat my vitamins. And uh, but then once once you know girls came along and you know I and I I just uh, I put down the baseball cards and I put down the wrestling you know like I, it was like things of the past kind of but so but I remember the fond memories of all those characters Mr Perfect the Rick Rudes all that stuff you know and mm-hmm. so um, he tells me you know like. Uh, we talk wrestling a little bit and these guys are about to leave. And, and the whole time he was like, yeah, you should be a wrestler. And I was like, ah, and we just, you know, nice to meet you. Just take easier, you know, be safe, blah, blah, blah. Uh, they left later that night. It was like three in the morning. Um, it was a dishwasher was in there. The chef was in there and, and me, just us three. Uh, and I'm sweeping or something. And two kids come in. Well, I would say two kids, like two, like young adults, you know, and they mm-hmm. said, you got, four, you got four quarters for a dollar. And I said, yeah, sure. Uh, I opened the register. And once I opened the register, I look up, and a gun's pointed at my head. And another guy's got, like, a metal uh, steel pipe or something. He's like, you know, give us all the money. And I was like, yeah, 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 chill. You know, uh, take all the money. And it, it, it kind of happened quick. Like, they, it didn't look like they were trying to do anything to me. I was wow. just real standoffish, like, hey, take the money. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't mean no harm, you know. And uh, they took the money. They dipped. So I thought that was kind of cool. Uh, not cool, but like after it was done, I was like, too young to think, you know, like damn, I could have just gotten fucking shot, you know. Yeah, but, yeah. But the youngness, youth, you're like, oh, I'm in Orlando. I just got held up. Like, wow, this is, I'm gonna go fucking tell my fucking friends. And everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, the police, uh, the police came, did the report and everything. So it was probably by five in the morning. They let me go home. So I walked back home. Our apartment complex literally was like. A tenth of a mile, so I'd walk. And um, now my my roommate, who's about to go to work, he hasn't woken up yet. It's like like I said, it's five five thirty. So I figured, you know, just let him sleep. I I grab my towel and I'm gonna go down to like the community pool, jacuzzi area, you know, just chill. Mm-hmm. I go down there. Lo and behold, the dude, the wrestler Barry, he's in the pool. His girlfriend was staying in the same uh, apartment complex that I stayed at, so he was visiting oh, wow. her. They're drinking. They're in the pool chilling. And now I tell him what happened. He's more like, damn, you see, you know, man, you got a mark. You could have gotten killed tonight. You see how short life could be and how precious it is. You, you got to try out for wrestling, man. And now, you know, and now I'm in the pool. My shirt's off. And, like, by no means was I, like, jacked or anything because I was playing basketball. I probably, probably weighed, like, 225 pounds. Uh, okay. But, like, it was one of these – you could tell, like, if I worked out – maybe did a little juice, a little juice <laughs> that I, like I had the physique, like I had just a natural, like 10 pack, like, you know, and so I was really lucky and stuff. And uh, so now he's seen me, he's like, man, you got to try out for wrestling. And he's, and he's like, you know what? Forget about that. Like, what are you doing tomorrow? And I said, well, tomorrow I got to do like help the police do like the, uh, like the composite type draw drawing, you know, like draw the kid, like help oh, yeah. him draw. Sketch. And, uh, Sketch, sketch, yes. 
Mm-hmm. I said, but besides that, nothing. He's like, okay. Um, he goes, uh, I'm sorry, something just popped up on the screen or something. It was, was that a message? No, just a fan saying, hey. Oh, that's okay. That's cool. So um, he goes, what are you doing tomorrow? I said, nothing. So he goes, come on with me. And he took me down. They were filming. The reason why they're in town was they used to film, I think it was like, those like lower WCW shows, like the superstars of wrestling or Saturday night WCW or that, oh, that yeah. shit. They, yep. they filmed it in Universal Studios. Yep. That's why they're in Orlando. And he's yeah, like, yeah. tomorrow, I'll come pick you up here at like 3 o'clock. I'll, you're my invitee. I'm going to bring you to um, I'm going to bring you to the, the backstage. You can meet all the wrestlers in WCW. So he took me backstage. And the thing that was crazy was like, I just told you guys, like, I remember the nostalgia of the 80s and stuff. But if you remember, like, when Turner took over WCW, he signed all those 80s characters. He did. And now they're in WCW. So I'm walking backstage. I'm seeing fucking Brutus the Barber Beefcake is – I forget what he was, but he was in the NWO. He was another character. I forget. I saw Virgil. I I saw Virgil. I saw – fuck. Who who else? I saw rookie Goldberg. Goldberg was, like, a rookie. You know, he was, like – Ten and zero or something like a few show matches. Uh, I met Booker T. I saw Rick Rude, Kurt, Hen- you know, Kurt Henning. Uh, wow. It was just a. It was like wow, Great. like wow, um, wow. So I was blown away, and uh, and actually the guy who's the main trainer that was at the power plant, his name is uh, Sarge. Uh, he was he was like the the power plant main trainer, Sergeant Buddy Parker. He did like something with Goldberg. He supposedly trained Goldberg, whatever you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so basically, he was did he used to do the the ring crew. He would drive down to Florida, set up the ring, and then come back up and train. You know, a few days a week. And uh, Barry introduced me. He goes, "Hey, Sarge, this is Mark. He's gonna he's gonna try out the power plant next month." He goes, "Do your fucking squats," <laughs> just like that. I was like, <laughs> "Fuck." And he was serious because I went back a month later. Uh, and actually, I, I want to give another shout out to to Barry. He's actually his name's Todd. Uh, Todd, I want to say Todd Passmore. He lives in Nashville. He paid for my he paid for my tryout uh, out of his own pocket, three hundred bucks. Wow. And the deal the deal is that the tryout if you it costs three hundred dollars for everyone to try out, and if you leave on your own will, they don't pay you. They don't give you your money back. But if they tell you to leave, they'll give you money back. They told nobody to leave. They everyone left on their own will, you know, except for me. So I went. I I came back a month later to Atlanta and. Uh, uh, I tried out my first day, like I think 26 guys were there. By day two, there was only three left, me and two other guys. So that's how it was ridiculous. Squats, like 50 squats, and then push-ups, hold it halfway for like 15, 20 seconds, another 20 push-ups, squats, 50 more. Like they completely murdered you, you know? Mm-hmm. So, but I was I was ready for it because after Sarge said do your squats, I figured that was a something I probably should fucking practice. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. so I so I came in ready, you know, and, and mm-hmm. endurance and agility wise, you know, you saw the basketball video of me three sixty dunking, like I was super agile, like a leaper, like so the fact that I had I was trained to do the squats, like we'd go outside afterwards and run sprints. So these guys, you saw, you've never seen so many. 300 pound muscle dudes just fucking fall to the ground because they have zero stamina, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm, you know, and I'm, and I was running like a gazelle, you know, this is, you know, I'm still too, still basketball frame, 220 pounds. You're a basketball pounds. player too. Exactly. So yeah. You were so, used I was, to that. so I was running like a gazelle, you know? So 
dad pressed those guys. And, you know, you look at me, I think at the time, I, th I want to say I was like 20 years old. Like, like I was, I would have been a junior in college. So yeah, I was about 19, 20 years old. And like, I would have only grown in my frame more, you know, so uh, mm -hmm. everything was going and I, I tried out and they actually, at the end of day, day three, they uh, invited me back. They said, you know, surviving this shows you got, you got something. But apart from that, we like your look, you're tall, you know, you're a handsome dude. Uh, you know, we'd like to invite you back. So they invited me back and uh, that's, I started training. I want to say, I want to say 1998. So I was probably 21 years old um, or 20. Take that back. I was 20 years old because uh, the following year is when we all signed contracts. April 7th, 1999 was when was it? So yeah, 1999, April 7th, 1999. So 98's when we, I tried out basically. I spent like, like probably like six to eight months uh, until they eventually gave us all a power plant like contracts. Me, Chuck Palumbo, um, Elix Skipper, Alan Funk, uh, Johnny the Bull, Sean O'Hare, um, yep. so a slew of guys, you know. So, wow. um, yeah, that's basically and taking first bump. Like we did some like local shows out in like Nashville area, some uh, Atlanta surrounding areas. You know, nothing big. Probably, probably sometime in ninety, not early ninety nine. Probably did my first match. You know, like, but it was like probably in front of twenty people. Yeah, you know. Taking yeah. bumps on a, taking bumps on a fucking boards, some yep. boards and, yep. and, car, and carpeting and carpeting. Yeah. I almost peed my. I took my first, my first match. The, the the finish was a tag match. The finish was a double choke slam. I swear to God, when he, I took that bump, I nearly peed my pants. I, the, the the fucking ring was so hard. I nearly Ooh. peed my pants. I hit a nerve or something. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> so, so to answer your question, um. 19 probably 1999 was around my first match nice. and also also 1999 was my first like wcw match we we all got chances on uh that same saturday night tv show um nice so Very my nice. first and my first wrestle my first official match was against uh disco inferno Disco. Oh, really disco. <laughs> yeah disco inferno there you go oh man Very cool. first first nitro match so me and sean o'hare we teamed up and we got a nitro. First nitro was my birthday, June twenty sixth, year two thousand. It was our first, and we beat Rey Mysterio and Juventud Guerrero. Holy cow! Yeah, and then the there were the filthy animals, Conan, uh, Ray. I think Billy Kidman. Maybe they they attacked us out there. We got the W, but they attacked us. So, but it was a nice debut. It was in Des Moines, Iowa. That's so, awesome. Yeah, that is awesome. Thanks for that story. Oh, yeah. yeah, man. <laughs> so, so uh, I was going to ask you about the whole reflection of perfection phase you had there. Like, when did you come up with the whole Rick Rude, like, swaying of the hips and stuff? Um, To be honest, like, uh, that that was always my favorite. Him and uh, Kurt Henning. You know, remember Kurt Henning doing those vignettes where he'd throw the basketball full court and swish it? Or, one of my yeah. favorites, man, catch the football after yeah, he threw it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I just – and I just, you know, like I told you, I had like good, like natural abs. I, I was always like, I always wanted abs because my hero when I was a kid was Ivan Drago, you know, uh, in Rocky, Rocky yeah. Four. Yep. So I was always like a mark for abs, you know, and, uh, and I had naturally I had them, good genetics and stuff. And, uh, but uh, yeah, the reflection of perfection. So that, that actually came about with 
Stone Cold. Stone Cold Steve Austin helped me come up with that. Really? Uh, oh. Yeah. Um, so he basically uh, he's like kid, and he's, he called me over. It was a catering, you know, a, you know, before we have all day catering, lunch and stuff, and dinner and stuff. He's like he was in there drinking a coffee, and I was in there fucking off and with the ordinary doing something. And he called me over. And he's like kid. He's like, man, you got all the tools and stuff. He's like, your name March. You're just March Indrak. He goes, at one point in time, I was just Steve Austin, you know? He goes, but yeah, it's Stone Cold is that or the Rattlesnake. Now you got something different, you know? And I was like, he goes, so he goes, we got to come up with a, a moniker for you. And uh, so he basically kind of gave me homework. He goes, come up with 10 different options and shit and uh, hmm. ideas. Just throw it, even if they sound stupid. If they sound stupid, just bring them next week to TV and we'll go over them. And uh, I, I don't know where the fuck I came up with it, but like, like I said, Mr. Perfect. So I want to have like perfection in there. And mm -hmm. I, I don't know, like I wanted to, I, I wanted to do the mirror thing, you know, with the, like, and I had it on, you know, for a while, but like it never really did anything on SmackDown, but like, so the reflection, like me, reflection, perfection. And, and he liked it. He liked it. He goes, I like that. He liked that. And, uh, so they put Teddy long with me as a manager and, uh, it was actually some fun matches. And unfortunately, like I really didn't see the light of SmackDown day. Like they had me on that secondary show velocity. Now I was mm -hmm. the reflection of perfection was undefeated on velocity. You know, like I was, beaten i had some good victories like every week billy gunn um um what's his name bob holly uh scotty too hotty like i beat these guys every week you know clean clean mm -hmm. and uh so that that was cool you know they're they're kind of keeping me fresh until but they never my character never really they took me out of that gimmick reflection perfection and put me with angle and luther reigns before like anything ever got started on tv with it yeah. but i think if they would have put it on tv with teddy long as my manager, like it was, it was pretty good. If you guys ever want to, you know, go back on some of that old school 2004 velocity. And like, there's some matches yeah. with like Billy Gunn or like, uh, shit, um, Scotty too hotty, Billy Kidman. Uh, yeah, I was watching Bob, Bob Holly. Like, some of them are pretty good, you know, and, uh, they're fun matches and stuff. And uh, I wish we got more of a chance, but you know, at the time when, when they got something for you, like, you know, they put me with Kurt Angle, me and Luther Reigns. We we started at wrestling guys like every night, like Rey Mysterio, RVD. Um, shit, the first our first tag match we beat, who was it? It was either was it RVD and Eddie Guerrero. I'm like, what the what? You know, like I just beat wow. Eddie Guerrero and RVD, or it was on SmackDown. You know, and, yeah. And then I was just um, um, I was actually showing. Uh, pictures of somebody to, uh, of when on the fifth anniversary of SmackDown, we closed the show out by shooting Big Show with a tranquilizer dart and then yeah. shaving his head off. So his he had hair, and oh, so yeah. uh, myself, Luther, and Kurt Angle shaved his head. Yeah, and uh, he's been I bald ever that. since. Yeah, and it was yep. kind of cool because Angle shot him with the dart. I must say this too is like the Big Show. He got paid well the whole you know time he was in WWE and stuff. Uh, but man, because he's a, a fucking giant, they always protect him. He barely ever loses. You know, they always kept him strong. If you notice, but like, right. dude, when whenever it's time to punish him, man, they do some. They used to do some fucked up shit to him, like <laughs> throw throw the steel stairs into his back. Like those weren't gimmicks, man. Like they throw the steel, like Angle would throw the steel, or or like. Or like the dart, if you if you see that segment, like Angle shot him, you know, it was gimmicked, obviously, but he got stuck with a dart. A dart stuck into him, you know? So he played it off like 
I it, it must, I don't know. I, but yeah. we we rehearsed it and he, he did it and uh, it came off good. He passed out like a and then Angle treated him like a big game, a like yeah. big game and like the game show fans up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that was so that was fun. So you know like and in the, and and that angle that whole thing you know. We had a lot of programs with, like I said, wrestled Eddie a lot, uh, Rey Mysterio a lot. Like my my best singles victory is I beat Eddie Guerrero on SmackDown one time. Uh, wow, you know that was awesome. probably, you know, and, and and not to mention, you know, when I was on SmackDown, I'll, I'll note like uh, I just I just visited with Rey Mysterio. They they came through Knoxville SmackDown, and I had dinner with him and stuff. And he's been a great friend of mine because like on SmackDown during those times, I I traveled with him and and Eddie Guerrero, you know, and. Uh, Nice. Those are like those are my only my two best friends on the show at that time, you know. So, mm-hmm. man, it's just it's just weird because, you know, I became a star in Mexico, you know, which I'm sure we'll talk about. Right. But it was funny because they after matches we'd we'd leave the arena and we'd go find our hotel or restaurant or whatever, and, and uh, those guys would call home and they'd be talking in Spanish, going "Hola," you know, and I'd, I'd be mimicking them like, <laughs> you know, making fun, <laughs> and like literally like. Years later, I'm living in Mexico. I'm for 12 years, and his and Ray's wife, she's always seen me on those soap operas and stuff, the Mexican soap operas, you know. And so uh, it's just crazy. But man, to be friends with those guys, are fucking legends, man. Ray Mysterio awesome. is is the I I will say this. Ray Mysterio is the best dude. The if all the success, if there's anybody I've ever met, all the people I've ever met in my life, um, Ray Mysterio deserves the success more than anybody. That dude is a fucking legit dude. Like, take that. You won't find anybody to say anything bad about him. No. And if anyone does say anything bad about him, I'd question that person first. You know? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, Appreciate yeah. that, man. So, a huge pop. What you got, man? Um, Just to touch back on the WCW area, and I know, you know, what I remember is when Shane McMahon showed up at Nitro and all this about Vince McMahon buying Nitro, et cetera, and then the closing of Nitro. How were – what – Part of that were you involved in and how did it affect your WCW career? Uh with the Shane McMahon stuff, like the the the, yeah. tr- the crossover. Yeah. It, it actually pretty it helped. It was actually pretty um I was one of ten people that was that signed right away and, and came over to a WWE. Like okay. they because a lot of guys, you you know, if you remember a lot of the over guys had Ted Ted Turner WCW contracts were all yep. guaranteed. So they weren't going to take a buyout pennies on the dollar to go to WWE and like fight for position. Just stay home and get a collective paycheck, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then some of the other guys were, you know, WCW. They they their their time was long due. It was over, you know. Like they probably shouldn't even been on TV. But it was like it was the good old boys, you know. Like there was eighty five people in the NWO and shit, you know. Like yeah, it was just, <laughs> yeah. It was just it got it was way like, too big. There yeah, was way yeah. too much. Fat in that roster. Let's be honest. It was way too much. You know, they they need to trim the, the roster anyways. And mm-hmm. so the the next the guys that get signed were the guys like myself, O'Hare, uh, Chuck Palumbo, um, shit. Um, you know, uh, Hugh Morris. I think Stacy Keebler was there. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Shane Helms, uh, Buff Bagwell, <laughs> Buff Bagwell. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, always crack me up. <laughs> Um, so basically, you know, like, so right away, I, I, the, the transition was, it was right away. And, and, it, you know, what was kind of cool is why, like, we're the young guys, you know, and like the fact that O'Hare was there, Palumbo's there, like, I was always 
always had a security blanket. Like I didn't have to come on WCW TV by myself. You know, I was a tag team with O'Hare. And when we did those Saturday night TV shows, those smaller shows, all my boys were there, you know? And then when we had angles in deep into WCW, when we finally got on TV, we were the natural born thrillers. So we're, we're doing all this shit together. Like, yeah. so I ask you, you know, if you guys were young and we're changing schools, would you rather change schools by yourself? You go to a new school and sit there with your thumb up your ass the whole time, like fucking, duh. <laughs> or would you rather move there with your boys? You go there with yeah. your boys and take the shit over, you know? So yep, right. I had that luxury. So now, you know, signing over with the WWE, I had a few of my boys still there. I was, I was cool with Stacy Cuber. We're good friends with her. Uh, Shane Helms and I were always cool, you know? Mm-hmm. So it was, it was, just, it was just, it was a smooth transit, a transition. Um, but, uh, you know, they, they, it wasn't very long. Like they switched me over to OVW, myself and O'Hare right away, almost immediately. So, and it was rightfully so we were, we were, we were physical genetic freaks and, but we needed to learn how to work. We were very green and, you know, mm-hmm. WCW threw a lot of us on TV, like throwing, like throwing Hail Marys up, you know, and we got mm-hmm. some good TV time and that TV time allowed us to, get signed by WWE right away, you know? So, uh, so it was to answer your question, uh, huge pop. It was, a, it was a good, uh, it was a good transition, you know? Uh, Nikki D you got a question, man. Yeah. I was just going to say the, cause you got me thinking about that where you, you started in the power plant and you trained with Orndorff and Orn Paul Orndorff, if I remember right, he was kind of like a territory guy. Okay. So yeah. then when you went to OVW, and Cornette was running. He obviously Cornette has a lot of history with territories. And so did that that knowledge and everything of how to like how you work the crowd and how you do um, what the baby face is supposed to do and all these things. He's big on that stuff. Yeah. Um, oh yeah do you yeah. feel like that helped you even more to to get you ready to perform on live TV even more than when you were training in the power plant? Oh, oh, definitely, definitely, and 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 Cornette really only was around during TVs and stuff, so he kind of ran the TVs. It was Danny okay. Davis, a trainer named uh, Nightmare Danny Davis. Was uh, I, I I didn't follow much of his career. I think it was more like of a uh, you know when they had the uh, the what the fuck they called uh, territories when it was more territories. You know, he was around. He was a, a popular wrestler in a territory around there in Louisville and stuff. So mm-hmm. he ran he ran the training camp every day and stuff and. Like we got good because it was just repetition every day. Like every day we're in a camp. Imagine that with Cena and Lesnar and Batista and we're running drills, you know, and you Mm want to stick out, you know, we're all, we're all fucking alpha athletes and and you just want to stick out, you know? And, uh, Orton was there, you know, too, like, like just, and then guys would come off the road, like who are injured or doing rehab and stuff like, you know, and like, uh, uh, What's his name? Uh, Godfather. God, the Godfather. He came out. You know, he was there for a while. Uh, oh wow! So, just, so we just had a lot of people come through there. Uh, uh, APA. You know, uh, Bradshaw and, and um, Farouk. They, they came through. Uh, Billy Gunn came through. Uh, so you know, you just you get to learn with you know the stars. Whereas the WCW Power Plant, they like we were the first ones. They always claim like, oh Goldberg and uh, the Big Show trained there. You know, but like it was. They trained for like two. They trained for like two days because they're freaks and they just want to push them to TV. We were the first group in a long time where we're, we're like all of us were all like pretty good hands, pretty good wrestlers, and uh, 
you know, there was, that's why they all gave us um, contracts. You know, they, they needed a, um, WWF at the time was killing it. Like they had a, a territory in OBW and the bigger one was in Memphis. Kurt Angle was there. Like, so while mm-hmm. they're, they're growing all their homegrown talent, that's what, that's why they kind of took over in the, the late nineties, you know, early two thousands because they just, they developed the young guys quicker, you know? So, so they kind of jetlined us to the top to it, you know, so it was a good, it was a good experience, but it was, um, it was just tough. We, that's why I say, I, I really feel like I learned the work when I was in WWE and OBW. Yep. Gotcha. So I want to ask you about, about Mexico, man. Like, so wrestling, like how nervous were you going there and then what helped you kind of prosper? Cause you blew up over there. Well, get this. Um, I'll tell the story about that is, it's like, um, I just talked about, you know, going places with your friends. So I was never, Mexico was never in the plans for me. But what, like, in March of 2006, Chuck Palumbo and Johnny the Bull went over to work, like, some kind of show for for uh, Ultimal Dragon. You know, he mm-hmm. was in Mexico. Yeah. Yep. And they were working, like, an angle. So when they get back from their tour in Mexico, uh, WWE calls Chuck back, and they hire Chuck back. So they were supposed to come back and work an angle in May of 2006. So obviously Chuck can't go now. So they needed another Italian figure because they were doing the FBI gimmick there, full-blooded Italians. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's why – so Johnny the Bull hits me up and said, hey, tag with me and be my partner. Um, I said, okay. I, like, I didn't even know my name was Marco Corleone. You know, like I went – my name there was Marco Corleone. <laughs> and it was kind of cool. It worked. It just worked. and uh, But it, it was – it was something it was it was for me, you know, but like I said, like in on SmackDown I, I hung with guys like fucking Rey Mysterio and Eddie Guerrero, my best friends and shit. Like it's always had this knack for like Latinos, you know, like I, I've gotten along with them. There's just I, and I don't have a fucking lick of Latino in my blood. Um <laughs> but I, I've always they've always been friends, like always, you know, and, and that goes as long as like Rey Mysterio and Eddie Guerrero, they're like my my best fucking friends, you know, and so it, it just was meant to be, man. We I came with um, Giant the Bull, and we automatically were working uh, tag matches against Alberto Del Rio, who was Dos Cartas, mm-hmm. and Liz Mark Jr., who was in WCW, early, you know, in the late 90s, WCW, Liz Mark Jr. So it was Liz Mark Jr. and Dos Cartas, <clears throat> who was Alberto Del Rio, against me and Giant the Bull. And, man, like, I got my friends with me again, you know? And then Alberto Del Rio, he speaks English, so... You know, I didn't have that big culture shock of like, holy fuck, you know, what do I do? You know, because yeah. we were going over spots in English and I was with my friend, you know, like Giant the Bull. Like, that was nice. kind of like my day day one boy in wrestling, you know. So it was just easy. It was, I have to say, like, just smooth transactions, transitions and, uh, you know, going from even country to country. Like, it was just, it came off pretty easy, man, I, I must say. Thank God. that ease. Yeah. And, and, and you feel that ease when it's meant to be, you know? Mm-hmm. Gotcha, gotcha. Go ahead, huge pop. I'm going to ask a question. I probably ask every wrestler that I like, their, like to get their um, opinion on this. You talked about taking bumps. You talked about um, when back in the day there was carpet on a board. It wasn't no mat and all this stuff. And the, fa- the phrase that I hear all the time from people that when they know that I'm a wrestling fan say, why do you watch that shit? It's so fake as, you know, fake. And I'm like, there's no way it's fake. I mean, yeah, sure. But so what's your take on when people say, man, what you do is so fake? 
Um, and like, like it's it's. I think everybody kind of knows because there's been enough shows or like people that want to step in those types. Like when the power plant, it was no, we were known when WCW was hot and we were NWO was killing the game. We had news crews like, um, you know, those 60 minute news, type, like nightly, like uh, ABC nightly news. Like they'd come do like, these little blurbs on our school, you know, because WCW was super hot. So they'd come in, like they'd see how torturous, torturous it was. And we were the guys. We were the guys were that were the train, you know, showing like our physicality and stuff. So um, I, th- I think I just think that uh, you know that 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 helped a lot. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Now I know we didn't really have a lot of time to want to keep you on too long, man. I don't know how much longer you got. Um, I've got to probably play. Uh, my wife hitting a. Hitting the work in about ten minutes, so I got about ten minutes. Um, Nikki D, do you have something you want to throw at him? Yeah, you were uh, talking about um, how you loved. Well, I feel like I already know the answer to this question, but of all the things that you went through, what you went through in the power plant, okay, being like a real trainee, not like Goldberg in the Big Show where they just yeah. worked there. Like you, you went through the crap when people were quitting and walking away, you stayed and to get to where you did on WCW and then to go to WWE and then to go to OVW and then to do the stuff on SmackDown and then Mexico and all these things that you did. What was your, what was your, I guess your highlight? What, what was your, what was your favorite part out of all of that? And then um, what was the lowest point for you? So it's kind of okay. like a two-in-one question. Okay. I'll give you the lowest point first. I, 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 the lowest point, I think, was 2013, Mexico. Um, I was – I broke my I, – I, my driver, I had a driver that would drive me to the shows and stuff. I, he f- fell asleep at the wheel one night and flipped the truck, the truck I was in like three times. I didn't have a seatbelt on. So I escaped, but like – and I felt great. But the next day I woke up, my knee was super fucking – huge and shit so i got i tore my acl basically and i was in a soap opera at the time so i didn't i didn't want to get the acl surgery fixed uh, because i would have had to stop the novella as well the, i was a, it was a number one hit tv show so i didn't want to stop it so i went old school on it. i strengthened the shit out of my quads and stuff till this day like it's still torn they don't it doesn't regenerate stuff you know but I, but basically i came back after eight months and i felt strong but i had i had like broken a metatarsal in my foot a little bone i came down i jumped hard off of something and i landed weird and because i didn't i just got off eight months of you know not not wrestling and you know and and mexico is different it's not like wwe where you you have a guaranteed contract whether you work work or not or you're injured you get paid in in mexico it's you know it's like the wild wild west if you don't work you don't get paid you know and that's just the way it is so I didn't want I, I I was low I was a struggle for eight months without working and shit. Luckily I was in that TV show and shit, but um so I was just kind of like okay I get through this I I hurt my foot is I just tweaked it and I would go day by day just match for match just trying to get through it take pain medicine and just fucking and then one day like two or three weeks into that injury it just got so bad like I couldn't even walk anymore. Sure enough I went to the hospital and it was infected, three broken like metatarsals in my right foot. And I was in the hospital, lowest point, 14 to 15 days in the hospital. 
Like, mm. and I, and at this time I didn't have like, you know, sometimes I'd have a girlfriend or something, you know, and I didn't, I didn't meet my wife yet. So I really had nobody. It was just me, myself and I, you know, so it was very tough. It was, it was very soul searching and, and I, I got through it. Um, and I'd also, and I'd say in lieu of that, probably the high point of all the stuff that went on with wrestling, you know, like I've done some cool stuff and, you know, I, I love the life I live, but like probably the high point of everything is my quest in Mexico when I was there that I met my wife there and I met my, my son. I, I met my son Well, he was born there. So I met him when he was born. Uh, nice. uh, yeah. <laughs> he was made in Mexico and I met my wife there, I meant to say. And nice. that's probably the high point. And it was a high point because if you heard me just tell the low point, like I, I didn't have anybody, you know, and, and in wrestling, you know, like that's the sad part is like we go through these fucking injuries, man. And even though I, I think I did well, health wise, you know, like, you know, down the road, like, uh, you know, you want somebody there, you know, you know, yep. like to be there, you know, if you get broken down and stuff and I, you know, my support system became 5,000 times stronger when I met my wife in 2014, actually like pretty much a, a year later um, after being in the hospital. And from that point on, I've had, you know, it's been nine years. We've been nine, married nine, nine years now. So, nice. uh, and our baby's six years old. He's like, he's like Reek Reek's height. So, but he's six years old. <laughs> uh, but like, uh, you know, so that's my high point. That's my high point. And, uh, you know, what's kind of cool too, a fun fact, uh, in Mexico, uh, my son Geronimo, he got baptized by Frey Tormenta, who is the real Nacho Libre, oh. who, oh, Jack, wow. who, who Jack Black played in uh, Nacho Libre. And, wow. uh, That's so cool. that guy, he, he, he was a real priest, and he baptized uh, a wrestler, uh, the guy, Ray Bucanero, who's a wrestler there. Him and his wife are actually godmother and godfather to our son. They That's they awesome. hooked it, they hooked it up with uh with Frey Tormenta and he baptized our son in a in a church over five hundred years old with a mask on so it was pretty dope it was pretty wow, cool that's and, pretty sweet right there wow so like so like those are those are kind of like the the memories you know like like the wrestling stuff is cool you know getting your hand raised the championships like I was the only American ever to win a heavyweight championship in the eighty nine year history of like w, of CMLL in, in Mexico you know but those accolades come and go like, you know, the, this family's forever. Like I met my wife there and brought her back here. And, yeah. and, uh, you know, obviously my son was born in Mexico as well. So, and here's the thing where I spent 13 days, 14 days in the hospital, all fucked up and at a low point, my mm -hmm. son was born two years later in that same hospital, you know, and I, and I chose that. <laughs> and I chose that hospital because of the, that was my support system. All those nurses and all those doctors, like they were really fucking cool to me. And they brought me back to life kind of, you know what I'm saying? Like, so I, they, they kept my spirits high. And, and I when so when my wife got pregnant, I said, you know what, let's have it where I got, you know, I was put up for, for two weeks. I, I really enjoyed it. So there you go. <laughs> That's awesome. That is awesome. I like that. If I can, Rico, before you go, um, there is, I read, I read, a, um, or listened to an interview that you were in, um, Mr. Jendrick, uh, and to go off what you just said, the question that they asked you was, what are three things in your life that you are grateful for? And you said, my family, peace of mind, and faith. And I just love that. I wrote that down. I was like, man. And then to hear you tell that story, that wrestling, yeah, wrestling was cool, but yeah. this life is what I want. Oh, yeah. 
So yeah. my question now, after I said that, is do you have any advice for any up and coming talent that uh, want to get into the business um, that you could give them based on your what you've experienced? Um, I'd say, first of all, take care of your body. First and foremost, take care of your body because nothing's guaranteed. And, and, and you're seeing nowadays, like, I love the wrestling today, but, like, these guys like the Kenny Omegas and the fucking they, – they're going to have a short – short life of wrestling you know because they're, they're taking these ridiculous bumps and mm-hmm. falling on their necks and heads and shit and like and, and i just and for me like i like i said i i took care of myself guys took care of me when we wrestled stuff but like just always be careful you know and, and when you're coming up in the don't be a sucker coming up in the independence and stuff don't don't fall through a hundred chairs onto tax for twenty dollars you know like like don't sell yourself short. Do the shit the right way. Follow guys' paths like uh, William Regal and Fit Finley and, and guys like, uh, you know, those the, those Al Snow types, you know, who runs OVW now. Look, look at guys like that and see their career and how they take care of themselves. You know, look at some of the stars on TV now that how they take care of themselves, you know. Um, be that, be that, those guys, you know. Um, that's pretty much that. And, and, and and have a have a fallback, have a, a backup plan, you know. Um, I just think that's important, always. Thank you. I like it. Love it. Yeah. Well, Mr. Jendrek, man, we won't hold you up anymore. Really appreciate the time, brother. Thank you for coming on the show. No, thank you to you, man, and 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 congratulations, to you guys. Like, uh, you know, moving forward with this, this is an awesome wrestling podcast and stuff. So. Thank you. Um, thank you. And you know we'll we'll connect obviously uh, off air, but like uh, hopefully I can bring you guys some some of the contacts I know for former wrestlers and stuff, ex wrestlers that can come on your show as well. You know, awesome. Man. I'm gonna play a oh, song. To, awesome. I'm gonna play something to end the show. Then I guess we'll talk in the lobby. Yes, sounds good. Yep. All right. Well, we appreciate everybody watching. Thanks, Scott. Thanks, guys. Thank Nikki, right, Rick, thank and freak, 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 and thank you. Extreme.